Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday Evening Podcast. Today, Pastor Rex Johnson concludes his two-part series. In part two, we dive into the Old Testament books of Genesis and Psalms. And now, with tonight's message entitled, The Greatest Lesson God Taught Me, here is lead pastor Rex Johnson. Now, last week I, I, I talked about why does Adonijah reign? We talked about kings for a day that want to stand up and take precedent. And the only reason that they reign is because we don't declare Jesus is Lord. We don't declare Solomon is king. We don't declare the rightful king in our life. And so I'm not going to dovetail on that tonight, but I'm going to speak tonight. I guess we could call it a second part of this. I'm going to talk about the greatest lesson God has taught me. The greatest lesson God has taught me. And I want to teach it to you tonight. I really, really do because this is a principle that God taught me. It's not anything deep. It's not anything that's going to be foreboding. And you don't have to just leave your scuba gear in in the shop. You don't have to have your scuba gear. You don't have to get deep with me tonight. It's just very simple, not complex, but I'm going to teach the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19 says this, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was their name. That was the name thereof. So whatever Adam called you, you got stuck with it. That's why a cow is still a cow. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. He didn't, uh, he didn't have anybody with him. I want to talk to you about the greatest lesson God has taught me in my life. You may be seated. I won't have you stand anymore. Many people, I will at the end of service. <laughs> I'll take that back. Many people think, think of me, and, uh, and, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the shoulder. Many people think of me as a man who genuinely loves people. And, and I believe that your thoughts are right because deep down inside, I really do genuinely love people. People are my passion. That's one of the five principles I've lived by all my life. I really believe I do love God's creation. Not only people, I love his creation. I also believe God uses some of the principles and catchphrases I share in this pulpit to be a blessing, such as the catchphrase tonight, the greatest lesson God taught me. That's a catchphrase that you'll never forget once I start talking about what I'm talking about. But I also think sometimes we take God and his word for granted, and we shouldn't do that. We really shouldn't. Here's a principle that I want us to consider tonight. I'm going to to just jump right into it, okay? I'm not going to build it up. I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to start preaching. God works as a partner with man. Wow. That's my partner. God and me are partners. You think I'm bad. You wait till you see my partner. That's what I tell Hale sometimes. Whom he created. God and man are in partnership. I am a partner with God, but I understand who's the senior partner. And I understand who the junior partner is. 
Back in the day when they would plow with oxen, many oxen would not be the same size. And so if an oxen was larger than the other oxen, they'd make a bigger yoke for him to pull and make a lesser yoke for the youngest one or the little oxen to pull. I know who carries the big yoke. I know who carries it. In fact, he carries so much of that yoke, he said, my yoke is easy. What I put on you is not difficult. But that's how God wants it. He wants to be the senior partner of my life, and he wants me to acknowledge that I'm his junior partner. That don't make me God junior, but I'm his junior partner. God does the things only he will do. Listen now, and man does something in response to something God has done or in anticipation of something God will do. So point number one tonight I'm going to teach on God and man is a partnership. Everybody say a partnership. That just sounds right. Verse 19 said God made the animals. He created the animals. But they had no name. They were incomplete. And Adam named them according to some characteristic that they had, indicative of the intellect that God had put in him because he was made in the image of Almighty God. Some theologians say he did this in one day. He named all of these animals in one day. When a sheep comes, I said, that's a sheep. That little, that little female sheep, that's a ewe. That's a ram. Wow. Can you imagine the dictionary that was rolling through that man's mind as he was naming those animals. And God gave Adam responsibility of naming them all creatures on earth because he had the authority over them and he had dominion. Now I want to say this right now. There are some things that me and you need to understand right off the bat here tonight. There are some things that are in this earth that God has given us dominion over that want dominion over us. Here's the deal. God has given the power for us to have dominion, but it's up to us to name them what we're going to name them. When chaos comes, you can say, oh God, I'm going to name that chaos. Then you will be naming something that you should have said, no, I'm not going to call that chaos. I'm going to call that calm. I'm going to call that the way God wants me to call that because God has given us the naming rights of the things that come into our life. You know, a, a person I believe, I believe a person with a purpose in their life tries to find every reason in the world to get away from drama in their life because the purpose of their life is the greatest thing and drama only takes away from the purpose of their life. But hear me. But people with no purpose have to have drama in their life because the drama becomes their purpose. Oh, I'm going to talk. This church is not made to handle drama every day. We're not here to be in drama Bahama every day. This church is a marching entity of the kingdom of God. We don't need people naming something that God says, don't name it that, because if you name it that, it'll be bigger than you. Everything that God has created, he has placed it under his feet. And I'm going to read a verse for you in just a little bit. He put it under our feet. God says, I have dominion. 
God says, I have naming rights. And if I have dominion and I have naming rights, I'm not going to name something bigger than the God that is in my office as my senior partner. Can I preach to you? In the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar renamed Hananiah and Michelle and Azariah. That's their names. But he renamed them Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. He renamed Daniel to Belshazzar. But I like Daniel. Daniel said, I'm not going to take that name. We don't read the book of Belshazzar. We read the book of Daniel. Hallelujah. He had conquered them. He had dominion over them. And he named them. When you have conquered things in your life. And God has given you dominion of those things in your life. You name them. Not as victors in your life, but as things that you have defeated in your life. Okay, let's talk about addictions. Addiction should never overwhelm a child of God after God has set you free from addictions. I'm just preaching to you. Come on. Sensuality should never overwhelm you. Come on, cheating and lying and stealing and all the things that are the works of the flesh should not overwhelm you once God has set you free. You have a right to name those. That is not going to overwhelm me any longer. I've been saved by the grace of God and the blood of the Lamb. Everybody say, I have authority authority. from my senior partner. We're in partnership together. Psalms 8, 4 through 6 said, what is man? I love this. That thou art mindful of him. And the son of man that thou visiteth him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. And thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Another translation, the New King James said, dominion over the works of your hands. In other words, what God created, he gave me dominion over them. Folks, I don't have to go around getting beat up every day. I don't have to be abused by hell every day. I don't have to be insulted by the world every day. Greater is the God that I serve than the God that I'm facing in this world. I'm telling you, I've got naming rights. I've got naming rights. And I call things as they are. And I'm going to speak to this world. I'm going to speak to those situations. I'm going to speak to my problems. I'm going to speak to my obstacles. I'm going to speak to the things that's in my path and say, get out of my way. I am a child of God. I'm walking. I'm on my way to glory and nothing. I've got naming rights. I've got naming rights. God's given man great authority. He really has. The same Joshua that said, stun, stand still, and moon stop over the valley of Ajalon. The same Joshua. <laughs> the sun always has stood still. Joshua, you got it wrong. But the sun didn't move for about a space of a day. So it stood real still. And the moon stopped over the valley of Ajalon said, the same Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now hear me, hear me. Why don't we finish this year strong? 
Why don't we just finish this year on an up? Let's don't finish this year saying, oh, God, another year taxes are cow. Why don't we finish this year on an up? And say, you know what? I've got the victory in my soul. Oh, I got to wait till 2016. No, you can't. 2016 is just the turning of a calendar. You can have victory in your spirit tonight. He said, if a mountain gets you in your way, speak to that mountain. <laughs> and say, mountain, get out of my way. Because God created the mountain and he gave me authority to speak mountains out of my life. Oh, I'm talking to you right now. I'm preaching to you right now. There's no reason for you to lay low and let hell just crush you. He wants to give you victory over the things that he's put under your feet, not put them on your head and let them crush you. He wants you to put them where they belong under your feet. That's the word of the Lord. Make that declaration. You've got to speak it. Sometimes you say, well, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a child of God. No, you don't just say it. You know, you, know, you know a song I sang, and some of you won't even recognize it because you're not, you're not old enough. But I, I go down the road singing sometimes, oh, yes, oh, yes. I'm a child of the king. Woo! He's my senior partner. His royal blood now flows through my veins. And I, who was wretched? You know, I like to sing in this, in this place. It sounds like I'm sounding better than I am. <laughs> and poor now can sing. Praise God, praise God. I'm a child of the King. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Adam going through the garden naked? Just think about it, naked. And a lynx comes up to him. A lynx. And Adam says, kitty, kitty, don't mess with me. I'm a naked warrior. And the lynx said, you have nothing to defend me against me with. Oh, yes, I do. I've got authority from my senior partner. And he walks by the links and just shoves his head away and says, get out of here. And he has to go. And here comes old Leo the lion. And he's got a whole pride of lions behind him. And Adam just stands there with his hands on his hips. He looks at him and he said, I'm glad Eve ain't here. She'd make you run quicker than me. But he had dominion. He had dominion. Sometimes when you start losing the fact that you are a child of God, go back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and get some creative ideas in your heart and your spirit. If God gave a man, if God gave the first man creative 
creative, uh, created animals and gave him power over the created beings of this world. He has not stopped giving us power over the spiritual things that they represented in the book of Genesis. He gives us power over things in our life. He gives us power to tread on serpents. He gives us power to take up any deadly thing and it shall not hurt us. I'm telling you, you hear me. He gives us power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There is no sickness that you can't speak to. There is no cancer that you can't talk to. There is no heart disease that you can't speak to because he gives you authority. I'm a junior partner. I belong to him. I belong to him. God works. In fact, anything in the world he does, he does it through people. Some of my earliest impacts in my life was the Jesus movement. How many remember the Jesus movement? Anybody? On a, how, about, how about end time revival? Anybody ever heard of latter rain? <laughs> how about the great outpouring? God let it be known that it will not happen apart from man. God uses man. When God spoke to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, when he spoke to him, he could have sent angels to save him. He could have saved him right there himself. But he went down to Simon the Tanner's house, who dwelt by the seaside, and found a lazy preacher sunning on the roof. And he let a sheet down to Simon Peter, and he said, Peter, I want you to slay this and eat it. And Pete said, Lord, I don't eat anything that's uncommon or, or, or unclean or uncommon or common. And he said, Pete, I'm going to send it down one more time. And he sent it down the second time. He said, rise and eat this, Peter. And he said, Lord, I don't eat what's common or unclean. And the third time he sent it down and he said, Pete, I want you to eat this. He said, Lord, I don't eat that. What he was doing was saying, this is how you see the Gentiles. This is how you see them. And, 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 and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the, uh, Peter said, Lord, I don't eat that. And God said, Peter, what I have cleansed. Don't call common and don't call it unclean. And about that time, somebody was knocking on the door, said, there's a man over here. He's got a big family. He's an Italian man. He's a centurion. And he wants you to come. God sent me here to take you with me to come and go tell him how to be saved. And Pete goes with him. God could have already saved that man, had the whole house waiting on him. But Pete had to come and show him the way because God is our senior partner, but he wants to work through the church. He wants to work through us. And he sent a man to tell the man what God wanted to do in his life. Here's what I want to tell you. God has sent this pastor here because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And a preacher must be sent. And I've been sent to tell you that you have authority and you have dominion and you have power over the things that want to have power over you. Amen. God chooses to limit himself. That's a hard thing for me to say. He has chosen to work through man, not outside of man. The scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it does come by hearing, hearing by the word. This is a scriptural law. Outpouring is not going to happen without man. The Bible said he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Not spirit, but flesh. He's going to pour his spirit on all flesh. 
God will not move in your life until you cooperate with him. Let me, let me say something to you. I'm just going to be a little nasty here, okay? I just feel a little nasty tonight. I've seen people come in here and just kind of fold their arms and say, yeah, do something, God. He ain't going to do nothing. God's too much of a gentleman to knock you off your seat. He'll, he'll knock at your door, but you've got to open the door for him. You're a junior partner with God. God's the senior partner, but he wants to operate through people. And when people come in here and say, you know what, I'm going to worship the God of glory. God starts using our praise and our worship to do great things among us and to do awesome things in the midst of this congregation. You hear me. If this church gets in one mind and one accord, there's no telling what would happen even on a Wednesday night. If everybody clapped their hands for the same reason and everybody said hallelujah for the same reason and everybody didn't have a motive but said I love you God, use me God, flow through me God, there's no telling what would happen. Cancers would fall off, hearts would be healed, people would be saved all over this place because God wants to use the church. He wants to use the church. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. Satan understands this law very clearly. Goliath, Goliath, is the first 666. Because he was six cubits tall, that's one. He had six weapons, that's two. He had a bronze helmet, he had an armor with a coat of mail, he had a bronze greaves on his legs, he had a bronze javelin between his shoulders, he had an iron spearhead, and he had a shield bearer that went before him. That's six weapons of war. And he had a spear weighing 600 shekels, that's the third six. So the Antichrist, what we are feeling the spirit of today in this hour, wow, called and said, choose you a man, verse 8. He was being used by Satan to challenge Israel. He said, give me a man. If God didn't need a man, why doesn't he just strike Goliath down? He could, but he doesn't. So God sends out a young man. He sent out a teenager. <laughs> wow, I love it. wasn't even old enough to fight in the war. There was no victory till he had a man because God uses people. He moves in concert with people. He's looking for a man to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. He's looking for someone who will sigh and cry against the abomination of Israel. He's looking for somebody that knows how to pray in this hour. He's looking for somebody that needs how to know how to call sin, sin, and godliness, godliness. He's looking for somebody to stand up and say, no more in my house. No more in my house. My house is going to serve the Lord. We want big miracles like sun stand still and moon stop, but we need to make declarations in our house. Amen. 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 Let me tell you what Satan will do. Satan, when he's cast out of a home, the Bible said he goes to a dry place trying to find a place to put his foot. You know why he goes to a dry place? Because the devil hates water. He hates water. I can prove it. But when he can't find a place to put his foot, he'll come back to the same house that he was kicked out of. Now that house, that house means family or generations. And he'll come back to the generation and if he can't get me, he'll try to get my kids, the next generation. And if he can't get my kids, he'll try to get my grandkids, my next generation. If he can't get my grandkids, he'll try to get my great-grandkids, my next generation. 
because he keeps coming back. And every time he comes back, he brings seven spirit worse than he was when he got cast out the first time. What you have to do, Daddy, right now, what you have to do right now, Mom, is to declare, not my house. You have the ability and the strength to do that, not my house. You're not going to take my house. You're not going to take my kid's house. You're not going to take my grandkid's house. You're not going to take my great-grandkid's house. Up to a thousand generations. Go ahead and speak it. Say it. No. You're not going to take my house. Well, I don't know what got in me there, but it got out pretty quick. All great victories have two components. You ready? One is the supernatural. The Red Sea parted. Daniel was delivered from the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys came out of the fiery furnace. The second is the natural. Many times when we get to a place and we say, God, I need the supernatural. Come on, God, and intervene for me. We're looking for the supernatural when we should be looking for the natural. There's some things that God says you can get out of that yourself. God is not your bellman. He's not your janitor. He's not your housekeeper. The thing we need to do is cooperate with God. Matthew 18 and 18 says, whatever you bind... I will bind. And whatever you loose, I will loose. Notice, you do it, I'll do it. You speak it, I'll do it. Don't look for me to bind something that you're afraid to speak bondage against. Lord, I, you know, you know, I wish you'd take drugs out of my body. But I, I like just a little bit of drugs. Lord, I don't want to be an alcoholic, but mm, if I could just have a, a Coors Light every now and then. <laughs> just let me socialize a little. And I'm not getting on drinking and drugging. I'm just saying if you play with it, it will never cease to be a problem. But when you speak it, he gives you authority to put it under your feet and have dominion over. I have talked to people that are, boy, I'm I'm going out here on the limb tonight. I've talked to people that have pornographic problems. And, 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 and you know, they'll use phrases like, you know, I, I can get off of it for a while, but then it sneaks back in. The only reason it sneaks back in is because you're not really speaking it. Do you really want to be free or do you just want a certain freedom? You know, I read about a king one time that was in Babylon and, and the king of Babylon dressed him up every day in a royal garment, put a scepter in his hand, put him on a throne, but he was captured for 37 years and he thought he was a king and he was a king in Babylon in prison. And there's a lot of people that wear the robes of kingship and wear the scepter and hold the scepter and have the crown, but they're still in bondage in Babylon. (laughs) 
somewhere in your life, you got to speak some things. You got to speak to the devil. You're not going to destroy my marriage. You're not going to destroy my home. You're not going to destroy my kids. You've got to speak that. And I know I'm repeating myself, and I rarely ever repeat myself like this, but I'm just saying it. You've got to talk. 2 Kings. 2 Kings tells of a widow woman. Hallelujah. Obadiah had hidden prophets in caves, and Ahab's reign was one of terror. And the creditor was come to this little widow woman. Her sons were in in jeopardy of being taken into, into bondage and slavery. And Elisha asked her, what do you have in the house? You got to get this, folks. And she said, I have nothing. Wait a minute. I do have one little old pot of oil. I've got some folks mad at me because I preached against addictions tonight. But I'm just going to have to live with it. Merry Christmas. I just felt that, thought I'd say it. He said, go borrow vessels. Then he said, not a few. The natural came first, then the supernatural. She sent those boys out to every neighbor in the area, said, go get all the vessels you can get. They got them this size, they got them this size, they got them tub size. Any kind of vessel, just, it don't matter. What do you want, a little bottle of oil? No, I want anything you got, anything that'll hold anything. Give me a vessel. They, brought, they probably brought number two wash tubs as a vessel. And they brought them in. And the vessels ran out before the oil ran out. The natural stopped before the supernatural stopped. Because if God ever gets to going in your life, you'll stop before he stops. How much God do you want in 2015 before the year's out? How much do you want? How much do you want? Do you want a great big God? Do you want a wonderful Christmas? Do you want a happy home? Do you want joy unspeakable in your life? Do you want God to just do great and mighty and noble things for you in this hour? God said, make room for increase before it gets to you. Hezekiah, the king in Israel, was promised 2,000 horses by another king if he could find riders. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing, doctor? They said, we got the horses. I got horses. Can you provide riders? Well, how can you be a rider if you don't have a horse? Well, you got to learn how to ride at Walmart or something. (laughs) You got to act like you're getting on a horse, holding on. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen, you've got to be prepared for increase. I, if you're praying for a baby, fix a nursery. Paint the walls pink or blue. Or paint stripes pink, blue, pink, blue. You may get twins. You've got to prepare for the growth in the family. That's what we're doing next door. We're preparing these kids for the future. That's what we're doing going to three services. We're preparing this church for massive growth. We're not going to wait till God says, okay, I can't put any more in here. He's already said that three or four times. I finally got the understanding from God. 
And so we went to three services. Well, pastor, it's not filled up. It ain't going to fill up right away, but it's going to fill up. Because God's got the horses for us to ride. All I need is some people that'll learn how to ride a horse and we'll have revival around here. Anybody want to learn to ride? Anybody want to learn to ride? Anybody want to trust God? God will always demand some what I call sweat equity. God wants you to do your part. I love this little phrase that I kind of hemmed up and poetryized. When you are in need, God uses what you have as a seed to get what you need. Everybody say, when you're in need. God uses what you have as a seed to get what you need. So what do you have in your house? You got enough. If a little widow woman had nothing but a pot of oil, you got enough. Do you think God would cheat you if you were playing him in any kind of game? Really? You think God would cheat? If he's playing you 42, you think God would cheat? If he's playing you a game of rook, you think God would cheat? You think he'd always get the rook, the bird? We say, move God, and God says, it's not my turn. I'm not going to cheat. It's your turn. Moses held the rod over the Red Sea. Then God caused an east wind to blow. God will not do your part. He will let you go without. God, I need money. You're going to have to have a little sweat equity. Get up, go to work. Man that won't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. Get up and go to work. This is, this is uh, my last Wednesday night for a little while. I'm, I'm getting mean here. <laughs> lady in church asked the Lord one day, when I have babies, are you going to change them for me, God? He heard a voice that said, I am the Lord, I change not. God establishes principles. In Luke chapter 9, he said to his disciples, give them to eat. There was a bunch of people that were hungry. The disciples said, we don't have enough. We've got to go to town and buy. And notice God asked them to do something first. He didn't initiate the miracle. He said, give them something to eat. The disciples thought like modern America, why don't you do something miraculous, God? The headlines of last week's newspaper, God can't help this situation when we had the slayings in California. But God needs man to step up. The only reason Adonijah day kings are alive is because nobody's saying Solomon is king. Nobody's saying Jesus is Lord. The church has become silent. So the Lord said, set them down in groups of 50 so I can see who's getting fed and who's not. Once again, he had somebody do the natural before he did the supernatural. An act of faith and efficiency. God never tells us to do something without purpose. So my final point tonight, my final point, is what is the natural step we must take? Here it is. We must prepare 
ourselves for a supernatural revival. We must prepare the natural for the supernatural. And there's not a person in this room that doesn't know that I've got to yield myself to God. I've got to do something myself. I can't expect God to go out and find the birds and bring them in and cook them for me so I can eat. No. I believe I've got to get up and have some sweat equity. And I've got to do the natural. And God will do the supernatural. Did he not say, if you will, I will? It's not I will if you will. He said, if you will, I will. I, I do God real well. I think we need to be junior partners real, real well with God in this hour. Amen. We must prepare. John chapter 2, my final, my final thought. Help me, Randy. Jesus is invited to a wedding at Cana. His mother comes to him and said, they run out of wine. And he said, woman, what have I to do with you? His mother said, what do you want me to do? What have I do? Mine ours, not yet. And she said, okay, I get it. I got it. She said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Because we've got to have a natural reaction before God will give us a spiritual reaction. He said, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to six to eight firkins apiece. He said, draw out now. He just talked and they worked. They drew out. And God made the best wine now. What I'm trying to say is that the greatest thing God ever taught me is that I am a partner with deity. And God loves his junior partner. He loves the fire out of me. <laughs> he thinks I'm the best junior partner ever. Oh, by the way, when you talk to him, he thinks you're the best junior partner ever. Oh, by the way, when you come into his presence, there's nobody like you. You know, people say, Pastor, you're the kind of person that makes everybody feel like you're they're, they're your best friend. I serve a God. My senior partner is that same way. He thinks everybody loves him. He believes that you're really going to trust him in the end time. And you hear me. We're going to need this God in the end time. Why don't we get ourselves involved like never before and finish this year as strong as we've ever finished and see God do great things and noble things in the next few days in this year. Don't worry about next year. Let's just go ahead and finish this year. Amen? Amen. Let's just don't write off 2015. Let's have church now. And Sunday's going to be a great day. I promise you. People are going to find Jesus on Sunday. People are going to find Jesus on Sunday. We baptized 22 people here last Sunday in the three services. Isn't that awesome? Right here in the middle of December, 22 people took the plunge in water baptism. Isn't that neat? Well, Pastor, it wasn't as much as our summer harvest of 84, but folks, it's still a great number. If we had baptized one, it was a great number. God's doing great things. Say, as for me and my house, that's what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. Stand to your feet all over the house. You're the most awesome people in the whole world. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, 
or to support their Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.